What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day. In today's episode, it's a mailbag episode answering listener-submitted questions all episode long. We got questions about Damian Lillard's cryptic tweets, Nazir Little versus Cam Reddish, and how many Blazer players are likely to stick around in the future. If you want to get involved in a mailbag episode, LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com is the email address. Send me an email, LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com. That email will be in the episode description for this episode. But again, LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com. That's where your fellow listeners have sent me their questions, including Tim, who asks, After last night's game, uh, and this was, I'm recording this, uh, it's a little late, I'm recording this on Friday morning, but this was uh, after Wednesday's game against the Sacramento Kings. After Wednesday's game against the Sacramento Kings, question from Tim, Damian Lillard tweeted, this is way bigger than Nino Brown, in response to someone asking why he wasn't playing. I know it's not the offseason quite yet, but do you think Dame is hinting at some news coming? I followed up with Tim. Tim was born in 1995. (laughs) Tim was not alive. When the classic film New Jack City was released in 1991, and I'm going to assume that Tim wasn't watching uh, daytime television in the 90s when New Jack City was playing all of the time on daytime TV. Otherwise, Tim would have been familiar with the quote, this is bigger than Nino Brown. It is a uh, classic courtroom scene in which Nino Brown, played by Wesley Snipes, takes the stand and explains, this is bigger than Nino Brown. This is big business. This is America. In response to questions about whether he runs the uh, runs a violent and bloody drug crime ring, Nino Brown explains that uh, he is not, he is shouldn't be the scapegoat or he is merely the product of a broken system. He is um, he is simply functioning within the broken world in which the uh, you know the sort of like American prison complex, American like criminal complex has has forced him to live because of uh, not stopping keeping guns off the streets or keeping, you know, I believe he references poppies and the heroin trade and all of these things. Like Nino Brown is saying that he is, he's not the scapegoat or the culprit. He is merely a, a part of a broken system. And that is my read on what Damien Lord says with this cryptic tweet. A couple Twitter users asked him, why are you not playing? Why aren't you playing? Why are like, you're you're fine. And another Twitter user says, "Like you think it's his choice? He has to. He has to. Um, that he gets to. Uh, gets to play. This is like a. This is a decision made above his head." And, and Damian Lord says, "This is bigger than Nino Brown. He is a product of a broken system." That is my read on what he's saying. Um, a couple thoughts here. Yeah, like Dame's right. This is a broken system. It is not his fault that um, the organization for which he plays chose to field a team that was intentionally not competitive enough to um, make it into the higher uh, higher parts of the of the playoffs the upper echelon of the playoff seating the, the 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 folks that make the decision and built this roster did not put together a competitive enough roster in order to be one of the top you know five six seeds in the in the in the playoffs however they probably built a competitive enough roster to be something like 500 and be right in the play-in range, and the Blazers have underachieved. And 
because they've underachieved, they've had to make this decision where they've pulled the plug. They've pulled the plug, and they're they're resting guys on purpose, and they're signing uh, players to, um, you know, to hardship contracts. Uh, small, small is a little bit of news here. The Blazers announced, in addition to Skylar Mays, they've also added uh, 29-year-old guard Shaq Harrison. Shaquille Harrison joins the roster. I guess legally they cannot sign some, someone taller than six foot five. It's incredibly funny that they only sign guards, but they need guards, like they need ball handlers, because. RG Diakno is, it sounds like he's, you know, the, with the back stuff, he could be out for a while. Cam Reddish has a back injury. Trent Watford's still with the ankle problem. Cam, um, you know, it's, uh, Keon Johnson has a, has a fractured finger, albeit <laughs> of unknown specificity. So, um, yeah, like they're just missing guards. So it's not a problem, but like they have Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons who are nursing injuries or just straight up more than much more likely being held out on purpose being and the Blazers are having to sign players the hardship waivers for hardship they created of their own they decided to go this route it strikes me as um I guess amoral that Damian Lillard would only play 58 games this season and sit out you know 10 or so because of uh, 10 roughly because of the team's decision to do this it's true. This is bigger than Nino Brown. This is big business. This is America. This is the NBA. This is a this is an organ. This is a league in which there's incentives for organizations to tank. I do not think the Blazers are doing the wrong thing. I just think it's kind of despicable that this is the right thing. Uh, no, honestly, no real fault of the Blazers. Although I think there is some. There is some moral high ground to be gained by just playing out the season with your roster, but. Tanking is the right thing to do, and and the worst part about it is that it's the right thing to do. That's that to me is the biggest bummer. So I don't think Damian Lord is hinting at anything. I think Damian Lord just quoting a wonderful movie from 1991, New Jack City. You should check it out. Wesley Snipes is incredible in the film. Um, he's really really good. It's Nino Brown. Um, it's um, maybe not appropriate for children, so if you're listening to this with your kids, uh, wait till they get a little bit older. There's a lot of, um, there's some violence and drug use um, and nudity. But uh, yeah, it was on TV. Get, get Find the television edit, and it's it's pretty good. I, this isn't Dame hinting at anything. I think this is Dame explaining that this decision is beyond him. It strikes me, like, there is a whole, like, Damian Lillard trade industrial complex that is played out by the national media, particularly those at ESPN that are just like, um, they, you know, they, they want to get, it, if the Blazers make the sort of news cycle, they make the news cycle in the free Dame, hashtag free Dame, all caps, talk. Like, there's no, there's no other discussion of, um, of, of the Blazers beyond, like, they gotta, they gotta let Damian Lillard go, he deserves better than this. And, like, he has said a million times he wants to be here. I'm not really going to like get deep into the the Damian Lord trade industrial complex. That's for others to do. Um, I don't even I don't even know that I have like I don't even know that I can get worked up and yell at ESPN about it. I find it boring mostly. I find it's like, oh okay, this is what we're talking about. Like I just like it's it's probably not going to make the show because I find it boring. But this particular tweet and like and parsing Dame tweets is also a little bit boring. So it's like I want to. I want to like, I know part of the problem a little bit, but like this, this can't happen again. The Blazers have, have kind of exhausted their ability to do this. Last year, Damon Lord's hurt, has surgery, super tank makes sense. This year, they, um, you know, at the beginning of the year, the, the, they were pretty clear that we're not good enough yet, but they weren't saying we're going to be bad. They underachieved and then they had to go in this direction um, they don't have the leeway to do this again with Damian Lillard. Instead of tweeting out cryptic Nino Brown quotes, um, 
he's probably going to be saying free. Like there's a certain point when, when, when you can't, you can no longer, um, the patience will wear itself out. There, there will be, there will be no, there will be no more space for patience. And, and Damien Lord, um, he's earned the right to, to, to say, Hey, now it's time for urgency. And he's earned the right to say, yo, I'm part of a broken system. The Blazers are doing this. And I'm sure he's frustrated by it. I'm sure he is. Um, in fact, he was on Casey Holdall's The Briefcase podcast, kind of discussing his position. He didn't specifically talk about tanking and watching, but he, like, in terms of, like, this stinks. But he, he did address um, the situation that the Blazers are in. So I recommend you checking that out. But Tim, I will recommend to you that you check out New Jack City. Um, I know it came out a little bit after you were born, but I think it's a film you might enjoy. In the second segment, we got questions about Nazir Little and Cam Reddish. Weirdly enough, four different people sent me a question that was about uh, Nazir Little and Cam Reddish. We will talk about those two in the second segment, but first... Let me tell you about FanDuel. There's no better time to sign up for FanDuel America's number one sports book because right now, when you sign up, you can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, all you got to do is go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Uh, Listen, FanDuel is an app that's super simple to use, super safe, super intuitive, and you can bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who scores the most points in the first quarter. Super granular. So don't miss your shot on the no sweat first bet. Go, go check it out. Get up to $1,000 back when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right. Let's keep it rolling with more, with more mailbag questions. This was weirdly the theme of the week. Um, questions from Noah and Kari and Knuder and Michael B all asking varying degrees of questions um, about Cam Reddish. Noah asks my question is what are the Blazers going to do with Cam Reddish? Kari asks there were screams to start uh, Nazir Little at the beginning of the season but what role do you see him playing next season if any if the Blazers expect to be a competitive playoff series Knuder asks I would like your take on Cam Reddish versus Nazir Little and Michael B asks a very similar question Knuder of the Cam Reddish versus Nazir Little and I think um, for whatever reason this is in the zeitgeist Cam Reddish versus Nazir Little North Carolina versus Duke back on the main stage here at Locked On Blazers um yeah, like they're not versus each other. I don't even think their skill sets are so similar such that they couldn't um, play a kajillion minutes together. And I don't think you even have to decide. I think Nas can play um, a variety of wing positions. I think Cam Reddish can play a variety of wing positions. Neither of them is like the sort of physical, hard rebounding power forward that the Blazers sort of need. Um, but both of them have some skills. Uh, Reddish is... Pretty inconsistent, uh, very inconsistent. Um, let's just call it what it is. Um, but his when it pops, the skill set is really valuable. He has some defensive chops at six foot eight. He can really move his feet, and he's got long arms, and he seems to have a, a sort of a good sense of where to be when he's locked in. He can dribble like he can really handle at his size and get himself to the rim. He's good at finishing a, around the rim with his left hand. He can shoot a little bit with his feet set, like a varied skill set. Um, he's got a little bit of playmaking chops with some, some passing off the bounce. Like he's got some skills and then he has nights where he just absolutely disappears where he is, where it's like, is Cam Reddish still on the roster? Right? Like is, is what, why did he go have, why did he go over three scoreless with two rebounds in 19 minutes? Like where, where was he in this game? 
Nazir Little, when he's on, has had some nights where he's been really special. He's he's, he's morphed into some uh, a really special shooter, but he doesn't have he hasn't developed a lot of skills outside of that. As uh, Kari laments in his question, uh, like you know. Nas, not much of a ball handler, not much of a passer, um, can really shoot it, but hasn't gotten the sort of downhill slashing ability that maybe you expected from someone with his athleticism. While he's shown some ability to be in the past to be an on-ball defender, he's never really figured out the defensive concept as a team defender. And this year, I think even his on-ball defense has waned a little bit. And he's been inconsistent too. There's nights when it's like, yeah, okay, the shooting's there. He's putting a little together. He's playing really hard. You love the sort of like force he plays with. There's nights where it's like, Nazir Little went 0 for 4 from 3 and 1 of 7 from the floor. And he played 26 minutes and had 3 points. Consistency is the name of the game for every player in the NBA. It's hard to be consistent at this level. And both of both Nas and Cam Reddish struggle with consistency. Nazir Little signed an extension this offseason, or, or before this offseason, signed it this season, that is uh, one of the truly rare contract extensions you'll ever see from a first-round pick in the league. He signed a multi-year deal, deal worth well below the mid-level, mid-level money um, before hitting free agency, before playing like real games this year. He kind of just said, listen, I want the comfort of a multi-year deal. I want the comfort of the money. And while like I know that there's way more money to be had out there, this is this this will allow me sort of my peace of mind to know that I have some stability here. I, I and I don't think Cam Reddish is going to make as much money as Nas did. Like I think Cam is like maybe a minimum guy if he returns. Like I don't think he's been consistent with any production at any stop to be um, that he would get deep investment. Now, he was a really, really highly touted high school player. He was There were moments in his rookie season in Atlanta where he was showing flashes, and there's moments here when he's showing flashes. It only takes one team to pay Cam Reddish, but I don't think he's making five, six, seven, eight million dollars a year on a multi-year contract. He might, he might, but I, I think he's much more likely to sign a single-year minimum deal with a chance to prove it. That said, both of these gentlemen could come back for the Blazers, but if you are trying to field a team that is highly competitive for the playoffs, I don't think you can pencil either of these dudes into your top eight. I think they can be your ninth and tenth guy, but right now, for what they've shown and the consistency they've shown, I don't think on a team that like wins a playoff series in the West, which you would be like, you know, we're gonna the playoffs are coming soon. They're gonna be a lot of fun. Like the teams that win a playoff series that get out of the first round, those are really good basketball teams. Like it's is hard. It is hard to be in the final eight, the elite eight of the NBA. Is Elite Eight trademarked? If it is, please don't sue me, NCAA. Um the they're you know, the the final four teams in each in each conference, like winning a playoff series is the mark of a really good team. It obviously rings culture and all that. We like want teams to be better than than those things, but um yeah, like you have to be really good, and I'm not sure Cam Reddish or Nas to this point um, have shown that. They both have these skills, and when they play at their peak, you're like, yes, those dudes could be like low-level starters. Those dudes could be really valuable six-mans. And then six, six-mans? Six-men? What, what's the plural of that? Um, bench contributors. They could both be uh, high-end high bench contributors, but then there's moments where it's like, okay, i I don't get it with either of these gentlemen. There's like too inconsistent, too unreliable in terms of their production. And this is your little likely to be back. Like he's under contract for multiple years, unless he's part of some sort of big offseason roster restructuring. And Cam Reddish could come back on the cheap. I think if both of them are at the end of your rotation, like if these, again, if these are your ninth and 10th guys, 
They're wings with some multi, you know, with some skills and with some athleticism. And it's like, if you need to plug and play them on a team that is competitive in the regular season, no problem. No problem. Right? Like you could say like, hey, we need nine minutes from Cam Reddish. That's not going to sink your team. You need 17 minutes from Cam Reddish. You need 17 minutes from Nazir Little. That's not going to sink your team in a regular season game. It's just there are going to be nights when you wish they had a little bit more juice and then then, then they do. Um, and I don't think either of them could, like I said, could be right now today penciled in to say, hey, this these two these two guys are playoff level contributors. Here's the thing though. They can they they're still they're both very young. Um, they're both, you know, coming in with entering this the first true Nas isn't entering free agency because he chose not to, but Cam Reddish for the first free agency summer of his career as a restricted free agent. This is coming off the rookie deals. This is, you know, young young guys spent one year in college, were very highly recruited high school players who have, you know, a chance to get a lot better in the league. It's just to this point, I don't think you could say either of them, um, either of them are like surefire high-level rotation players. Both of them are totally totally fine rotation players on a decent team but if you're talking a really one of the really good teams in the league um they are going to have to improve they, they, they need to take steps and be much more consistent in their production to feel better about it i think i feel a little bit better about Nas because his engine runs hot but i also think Nas's lows are lower whereas cam reddish's lows are just quieter it's like hmm, i didn't notice him tonight whereas in his ear little you're like Oh man, that was a lot of mistakes. <laughs> like, oh man, that was a lot of mistakes. Oh, that was, you know, like it's a weird shot. It's bad defense, all of those things. Like I think his 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 bad stuff is louder than Cam's bad stuff. So I like to ask to answer Knuder's question, like, I don't know, take your pick. <laughs> to answer Michael B's question, take your pick. Both of them consistency is the struggle. Okay, a couple more questions from listeners Zach and Jesse who ask about who's going to be back on the team next year. That's what we'll do in the third segment to close the show. To close the show, join me in that third segment, won't you? Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Still rolling through a mailbag episode. If you want to get involved in the mailbag, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com is the address to send your questions to. Zach has our next question. Zach asks, which Blazers starter is more likely to be on our, that's a collective pronoun, first collective pronoun of the mailbag, which Blazers starter is more likely to be on our opening night roster next season, opening night lineup next season, excuse me, Anthony Simons, Yusuf Nurkic, both Anthony Simons and Yusuf Nurkic, neither Anthony Simons or, or Yusuf Nurkic. Um, neither seems like, neither and neither, I, I, I guess I use them both interchangeably, neither seems like the least likely of these then i will rank both as the next as the next one then i will say nurk then ant i think ant is the most likely to be on the roster next season because he's good he's good and you don't just the blazers are in a position where Amphrey simons is their best trade chip um not because i think he's like way better than shane sharp he is better than shane sharp right now but you pay for potential shane sharp's potential is through the freaking roof um he's he, he's looked darn good in the sort of like turn it turn the keys over to him it doesn't matter if you lose by 40 points uh part of the season um but you know ant has been more productive he's a little bit older um he's you know he's he just he's been better in the league i i don't think it's i don't i say that without controversy i think um trades are maybe based on potential versus production often when you're trading for young players so so like trade value is a little bit different but like better every time is a better basketball player um it's to me 
uncontroversial opinion. So, but Amphrey Simons remains the Blazers' best trade chip because of his talent, because of his age, 23 years old, because of his salary slot. He's making $25 million a year. To get good players who are being paid well, you're going to have to trade money. To make the money work, almost every big trade the Blazers um, would engineer would include Amphrey Simons' money. But you can't just trade him to trade him. So, you know, and he's good enough on offense such that, uh, you know, that, that you might not find a trade that suits what you want and you might run it back. I hope they don't. Like, Dame plus little guards is just like, at some point, like, like at some point, punt in one direction, right? Like, pick pick a lane. If you stay in this, like, we're doing it again, Damian Lillard plus an offensive-minded guard under six foot four. It's like, okay, it's fine. You're not going to be terrible, but you're just like, there's a there's like a natural ceiling on that type of roster construction. Every Simons, if the big trade happens, seems obvious. Yusuf Nurkic could be involved in that big trade, you know, salary slot in that 17 million range, 17, 18 million range. Um, so you could trade for, you know, you could get Nurk plus Nas plus picks plus, you know, um, you could get to you could get to some money that works. But um, the biggest trades like trading for a true star almost has to include Ant just because of the money. But I also think the Blazers are um, I think they're more I think they would be more motivated to get off Nurk's money and head another direction just because Nurk's um, sort of level of production. He hasn't been bad, um, but it's just like he hasn't been um you know, he's clearly like, he's like an NBA average center and he's kind of paid like a slightly above average center. Um, he's, he's not like, again, I, don't, I think he's been a scapegoat for a lot of people this season. I don't think he's been that bad. Um, he's just inconsistent. And, and like the, the stuff he's bad at is really loud. It's really obvious. Um, but you know, it's, it's, he's a good pick and roll partner. He play, he's, he, when he, when his engine rubs hot, he can be really good when he's like, when he's playing hard, he's good. It's just the, the effort and the focus, mostly focus, I think with Nurk and the focus leads to his effort, uh, for my money. So I think that's, that's the issue. So I would say Nurk's like a little bit, a little bit easier to trade because the money's worse and because he's just like not as good of a player. So you'd be willing to give up on him and go another way because you think he's probably more replaceable than Amphrey Simons. Um, but so I'll say Ant more likely, Nurk less likely, both is is then the the like just Ant, just Nurk, both and then neither if I had to rank those, uh rank those Zach. Um I'll be wrong about that. <laughs> like like as I finish this question, I feel pretty comfortable that I'm wrong about that. Um but you know. That's why you ask the question. So you can say like, hey, but he said this. And then you can come back to the episode later and be like, you were wrong, Mike. You're an idiot. And I'm like, yeah, well, I get stuff wrong all the time. And I'm much more likely if you're a long time listener to the podcast to kind of um, reheat my mistakes as I am to reheat my victories. Um, Sometimes I get stuff right. I just don't feel the need to be like, I told you so as much to be like, whoops, mea culpa on the stuff I got wrong. So um, yeah, I feel like I'll be wrong about that one. I'll probably be wrong about this next one too. A question from Jesse who asks, over under eight and a half players currently under contract that make next year's opening day roster. I'm going to cautiously take the under on this. I'll say it's, um, it's, I feel pretty, pretty comfortable. The Blazers are going to do some roster restructuring next year. And with, based on the number of free agents they have, I'm going to say, I'm going to say over under eight and a half. Um, I think, I think nine seems a little generous. They got six guys under contract for next season. Damian Lord, Anthony Simons, Yusuf Nurkic, Shaden Sharp, Nazir Little, Keon Johnson. Uh, that's... Uh, 
those dudes are probably going to be back unless you make trades. Like I said, we mentioned the other one. Ant and Nurk likely could be very likely to be to be on other teams next year, likely to be traded. But I think feel comfortable Dame's going to be back. Relatively comfortable Shaden's going to be back, although we'll see what happens. Um, Nas could be involved in trades. Keon could be involved in trades as like a throw-in to make the salary work. He doesn't have much trade value. Um, but with those six dudes, you have six players under contract. Jabari Walker, Trenton Watford, both with non-guaranteed deals. Jabari Walker, like a lock to be back, unless he's part of a deal, but a lock to be back. Um, you don't invest in a 20-year-old with a second-round pick and then say, okay, one season, he's no good. Like, you want him to play out a couple years and kind of figure out what it is. Um, Trenton, you know, he's been, I think he's been, I think he's, certainly improved this year. Um, I don't think he's like taking these massive step forwards, but I think he's, he's an interesting player. I hope he's back. I like him. I'm just a fan of his game, even if I think he's uh, imperfect at what he does, but I like weird players and Trendon is a really weird player. So I hope he's back. That's eight, eight players that could be with just simple guarantees under contract. Jeremy Grant, Matisse Thibel, Cam Reddish, Drew Eubanks, all free agents this summer. I think Drew is the least likely of those to come back, but it wouldn't surprise me. Another minimum deal for Drew Eubanks. He's he's to me, he's proven that he's a backup center. It's just when you ask him to play more than, you know, 15 minutes a night, what he struggles with gets exposed. And the Blazers were asking him to play way too many minutes uh, this year. No fault of Drew's. He's like an energy dude off the bench who should play when the situation calls for itself. And the Blazers were like, you're our starting center for six weeks because we refuse to sign a tall person under any circumstances. We will not add a tall person to this roster. So so help us Brandon Roy or whatever. Um yeah, I, I I guess Drew could be back. It wouldn't be wouldn't surprise me if he's back. I think Matisse Thibel and Jeremy Grant will be back. I'm I'm uh, Jeremy Grant. Basically, the Blazers have backed themselves into a corner where they absolutely have to re-sign him. Um, letting him go does not create meaningful cap space to sign a player of his caliber. And if you didn't trade him at the trade deadline, it makes more sense to bring him back. So if 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 you just add Grant into the mix, we're now at nine. Um, Matisse Thibel, I think will be back because he's going to be relatively cheap and he's fits a position of need. And it was, uh, you know, they trade some second round picks for him. Um, he's got the right representation, the right, the right agent. Um, I think he'll be back. You throw him in the mix. We're at 10. Cam Reddish, I don't know, but seems like he would be a low, low risk signing. I think somewhere in the range of the minimum or slightly more than that, like not a bunch of money for Cam Reddish based on his production. I think the most likely deal for Cam Reddish is a one year minimum deal to prove it. Um, Certainly, there's places for him to get more money out there. I think Ryan Archdiakono's gone. I think Justice Winslow's gone. The two-way guys, hard to know, but I think they'd be back on two-way. Like, John Butler Jr. and Abu Baji are not getting NBA deals next year. They're getting two-way deals again. So um, let's just ignore them because they their two-way deals are not NBA contracts. So, yeah, like, I'm comfortable saying over... I'm, I'm comfortable saying under because if you look at Dame... Ant, Nurk, Shaden, Nas, Keon under contracts. You look at Jabari and Trennan under contract. You look at Grant, Matisse, Thibel, very likely to be re-signed. That's a full roster. But the Blazers were mediocre this year. And then when they were mediocre, when they weren't mediocre, they were worse than that. And then they pulled the plug to be awful on purpose. Something's got to give. This is bigger than Nino Brown. This is big business. This is America. They've they cannot run it back. They cannot run it back. So while they have all these players under contract, while they're very likely to resign some of the restricted free agents or free agents in the case of Jeremy Grant, unrestricted, um, 
they are there's going to be too much roster movement for nine of the same gentlemen to be back on this team. So while it would be very simple for them to run it back, very simple, like just because that the roster has um, the roster, like it's like a simple path to return nine of these folks as we just ran through. I think trades will demand trades around the draft, um, you know, restructuring and free agency to get the, the space you want or to make some moves uh, you want to acquire players via trade or whatever it might be, or, 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 um, you know, get the order of operations right. So you can make some signings. I don't think the Blazers are going to be a cap space team. There's not a lot of sexy free agents out there this summer that would have it be valuable to have a bunch of cap space. Um, so like it's trade, the trade market is the path they go. And if you go the path of the trade market, you're very likely to change this up. So I'll go under eight and a half players. Um, I like the line. I like the line, Jesse. I think it's a really good question. I'll go under eight and a half players return next season. Okay, that's going to do it for today's mailbag. Uh, apologies for this episode coming out a little bit late. Life gets in the way, but we still do five every week wherever you get podcasts. Also on YouTube. It's a it's a weekday daily podcast. Uh, some people have bullied me about calling it a daily podcast because I don't record on Saturdays and Sundays, so I'm cautious about calling it a daily show, but it's a, it's a daily show, y'all. Um, I still, I still believe it. So come back. We'll have more shows. Uh, Blazers play Friday evening against the Sacramento Kings. Probably see Shaq Harrison. Probably see Skylar Mays in at least in a uniform and likely on the court because of the Blazers' health situation. Shaden Sharp probably going to go nuts this weekend after this game. Blazers head out on the road for the final road trip of the season. Guess what? This show is going to be five days a week all summer long. Even as the Blazers season winds down, lockdown Blazers isn't going anywhere. So. Tell your friends about it. We've got a fun off season ahead. If you want to get involved, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com is the address to send me a note to. Hit me up there. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.